بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن وراه وبعد. Welcome to the Wisdom and Words podcast. My name is Joe Bradford, and in this podcast, we are going to cover the ahadith about wisdom, admonishment, and character that were collected in a book known as Kitab al-Shihab or Musnad al-Shihab written by Al-Imam al-Qudai rahimahullah ta'ala and Al-Imam al-Qudai rahimahullah ta'ala uh, lived in the 5th century he died in the year 455 and he was uh, a judge in Egypt he was a jurist of the Shafi'i school and he has many other works since in fact it's said that after his judgeship in Egypt he was then sent as an emissary to the Byzantines um, and he has another famous work about uh, which is a survey of Egypt called Khitat Misr uh, his name was Muhammad ibn Salama ibn Ja'far ibn Ali ibn Hakmun ibn Ibrahim Abu Abdullah Al-Qudai Al-Qudai is an attribution to the tribe of Qudaa, which is a very old Arabic tribe, and we don't necessarily have to get into uh, who it goes back to. Some of them said that it goes back to Ma'id, others said other people. Um, but what Al-Imam Qudai uh, wanted to do in this book was essentially collect the ahadith of the Prophet wasallam which spoke about these three subjects, which were al-hikam, uh, wisdoms, aphorisms, uh, mawa'id, admonishments, and adab, character, ethics. And most of the ahadith that you will find in this book are actually very short. Uh, they are usually several words, they may be portions of a longer hadith. They may be individual hadith. Um, there has been some, uh, uh, you know, reviews of this book of this book that have been uh, done by scholars over the centuries. Uh, it's been summarized by um, other by some scholars like Najmuddin al Iskandari, who died in the year nine eighty four. Um, he uh, he summarized it. And uh, Sahani had written a book called Kashf al-Hijab, uh, you know, unveiling the veil from a hadith on a hadith al-Shihab, unveiling the veil from the hadith of al-Shihab. Uh, essentially, doing what many people think is a very modern thing to do, and that is to mark the hadith as Sahih and Daif and Mursal, and so on and so forth. Um, however. He uh, he did this and placed a placed a symbol for each of the uh, grade gradients or grades of hadith. Now, this podcast is not scripted. I will simply be reading from the book and talking a little bit about one hadith in every single episode. And inshallah ta'ala, um, we will release this on Wednesdays so it will be words and wisdom Wednesdays and uh, we'll cover the hadith talk a little bit about its Arabic go over the phrases and then 
um, give some explanation. Uh, now, I will leave off those ahadith that were graded by the scholars as being fabricated or being extremely weak. Those which are considered weak, however, I will mention, mention why they are weak, and then also mention why we even explain ahadith that are weak. This is a very important point. Of course, there is enough in the corpus of Sahih and Hassan hadith for us to find uh, guidance and, pr and proper information. But why did scholars classically talk about weak hadith? Well, they did so because there's a very fine line between the weak hadith which can be uh, upgraded or strengthened and the al-hasan li the hasan by its uh, the, the, the the aggregate number of chains that it has, and so you'll find that scholars some will say that this hadith is la'if, and the others will say this hadith is hasan li and many of them f sit at a very fine line. That's one point. The second point is, is that we explain it so that people know that it's la'if. That's very that's the very simple explanation is that. We want to clarify to people why this is, and why do we do so? It's from the trust that goes into scholarship, that we not we don't simply um, deny our past or things that are there, but we mention them, mention that way they were mentioned, and explain why they are either correct or incorrect. A third point is that many of these ahadith are not correctly attributable to the Prophet والسلام, as ahadith, as state excuse me, as statements of the Prophet. However, they actually may be statements of a Sahabi, one of his companions, or a Tabi'i, one of the students of the companions, which was then became which then became so famous, or which in its substantive meaning had the, you know, as they say, Nur and Nubuwa had this prophetic light over it that indicated that there was this, you know, they were, they were, they were drawing this statement from the general corpus of prophetic statements, even though the Prophet did not say this. So when they said it, people said, wow, this sounds like something that the Prophet probably said and then they started to attribute it to the Prophet later on incorrectly although it was a statement of say Abdullah ibn Mas'ud or Abdullah ibn Umar or somebody like that and so um, because of that you you know we, we, we explain that as well to say this was narrated as a hadith it's not a hadith it's the statement of X, Y or Z person but the meaning is correct because it it converges with the general principles of Islamic knowledge found in X verse and Y hadith and Z corroborated evidences from other companions and scholars and so on and so forth. So, so this introduction is a little longer than most of the other episodes will be. But uh, I thought that it was important to give you a little bit about the author, a little bit about uh, the methodology, and then we'll go into the first hadith, and it's probably considered the most important hadith that was narrated, and that is the Prophet ﷺ's statement, Al-A'malu bin 
actions are by intention. And this hadith was narrated by all of the the, the, the authors of the six books. Um, it's narrated most famously, including Adat al-Hasr, or you know this, um, you know this conjunction that's mentioned beforehand of uh, innama only, you know, except that actions are only by intention, and this is found in the narrations of al-Bukhari. Um, it's mentioned here in Muslim al-Shihab with al-A'malu bin-Niyat. Uh, actions are by intention and it has been narrated with several other phrases al-amalu bin-niyyah al-amalu bin-niyyah innam al-amalu bin-niyyah and these are all uh, you know iterations of the same meaning what is the purpose of this hadith this purpose of this hadith is that every single act will be judged accordingly or according to the intention that motivates it that's one also it's so it's it's kind of ex ante and ex post it's the idea that before you do an action be cognizant of why you're doing it have intentionality in everything that you do an ex post in that after you've done an action then you can expect your reward based upon the, um, the, the, the level of intentionality that you showed therein. So there's an agreement, a consensus between all scholars that every action, which is an act of worship, must be preceded by an intention. That intention does not have to be verbalized. It can be in the heart, it can be in the mind, but it has to have, there must be an intention that precedes it. For example, in the Muwatta of Imam Malik, the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam said, La siyama liman lam yubayyit al-niyyata min al-layl. There is no fast for one who does not make an intention the night before. And so the idea of fasting has to be preceded by intentionality. And the idea of just waking up, not having eaten suhoor, and then starting a fast is an issue of disagreement amongst the scholars based upon their interpretation of the actions of the Prophet ﷺ, some of the linguistic nuances of the ahadith in which he uh, fasted in the morning, um, and then this larger, broader, overarching precept of al-a'malu bin-niyat, actions are by intention and having the proper intention is one of the two core principles of accepted and righteous action in Islam uh, Allah says and so whoever wishes to meet his Lord, then let him do righteous deeds and not admit anyone in worship with his Lord. So you have to have the idea of not inviting anyone to, into worship with your Lord is the idea of having your, your, your heart being pure and connected to Allah only. And then the righteous deeds are those which are done 
in accordance with the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. So that verse it brings together two hadith: this one, al-Amal bin Niyat, and the other hadith of Aisha radiAllahu taala anha, where she said, "Kullu amrin laysa alayhi amruna, aw kullu amrin laysa alayhi amruna, fahuwa rad." Whoever introduces into this affair of ours something which is not from it, then it is rejected of him. And so therefore we have two things when we talk about righteous deeds, and that is the importance of the proper intention it being for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, as well as being in accordance with the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I think... That's enough right now. We've reached about 13, 14 minutes. Jazakallahu khairan. Thank you for listening. And I hope to see you next Wednesday for more Words and Wisdom Wednesday. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.